SportsZilla Show starts now. I was on my way in here to cancel your show, but the banter you did with that guy. Well, as we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. Make him part of the show. You get that kid in here. We need more laughs on the show. My boss ordered me to bring you on. All right, this is my show, and it's a serious intellectual hour of discussion. Hey, what's up? Where'd you go to college? Syracuse? No sports, no rock, no information for mindless chatter. We're your station. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. So I, well, I was going to wait a few minutes, but I think we're just going to take care of it right off the top because I'm assuming and hoping, of course, you're looking at all of our smiling faces on the Twitch channel. You go to Q Sports Talk at twitch.tv and you can watch the Sportzilla Show. But I also wanted to mention Brent Axe, who's coming up on the block at 4 o'clock. You know he's got Steely Dan tickets. You see that? Pretty sweet. So pretty sweet. From 4 till 6, the Axe man's got you covered if you like Steely Dan. And if you are in the know of what they were actually named after, <laughs> that'll just make us all chick, uh, chuckle a little <laughs> bit and be 12 years old. But we're not going to go down that path. We'll stick to sports for now. Scoop rain in a studio full of our friends as we get rolling Q's football schedules are out. Uh, that was the first thing that caught my attention that I want to talk about. There's obviously some huge stories out there, but let's just take care of this off the top. There's some dates we can circle now looking ahead to fall scoop. Starting out September 4th with Boston College. What other dates, what other games were you interested in? There's a few that are pretty obvious. Well, I circled two when okay. I looked at the schedule. I, you know, And I'm looking at home games at the Dome, mm-hmm. home at the Dome, obviously. But October 3rd with Louisville. Sure. That popped out at me. And then later in the year, the Florida State game, which is November 19th, a Thursday game. Uh, of course, that Clemson game on October 24th. But that's at Clemson. Yeah, you I, know, I mean, yeah, we'll all be watching that on TV. But in terms of actually going to the Dome and being a part of the experience, you know, that, that's something special. Season starts the day before my birthday, which is September 5th, if you want to plan presents now. Wraps up November the 28th. Just wanted to put that out there. Syracuse football fans, I'm sure, are in the know on that. But I'm ready for football already. But we got to deal with a basketball game. Um, Actually, can we deal with the K-State game first? The Kansas-K-State game that turned into an ugly brawl reminiscent of Ron Artest and the Pacers and all that. And it was ugly. Before we preview our game, the Q's game a little bit. They're out in South Bend right now, but... Uh, you heard uh, indefinite suspension for Silvio D'Souza. He picked up the chair. I mean, it looked like... That little stool thing, like he was going to maybe whip whip it at somebody or smash somebody over the head, like wrestling style. But that's funny that you brought that up, Scoop, because that's part of what's been entertaining me on social media. Somebody always takes the soundtrack of, like, Jerry the King Lawler and JR, or there's another one circulating with some Stone Cold audio underneath that, and they superimpose that underneath, or they dub that in underneath the actual brawl that happened in the game. Now it's a I, terrible. I saw that it was it was uh, it matched it perfectly. Actually, it, it's a terrible thing for the game. However, it's okay to step back and I have to laugh at stuff like that. I mean, it is you. you it's spot on. It gave me a chuckle. You yeah. know, I mean, at first I'm watching it, and I'm like. Wait a minute, this wasn't the, the announcers that I heard doing this initially. This is like another broadcasting team. And they're like, oh, it's Jerry Lawler. You know, it's from back in the day, you yeah. know. Stop the damn match. 
How many times did you watch, though? Because I didn't laugh just once. I watched it a few times. I watched it twice, but, you know, it was good. But, you know, I, I had to move on to other things. I got things to do. Mike, who's in the studio with us on the ones that just put your mic on, Mike. Yes. Did you did you happen to see that, what we're talking about? I, I have it, actually. I just found out about that. Okay, you've got some just homework like to do after class. I'm going to have to, yeah. And you better be <laughs> laughing. We better hear you chuckling. It, it's good. <laughs> Highly recommended by Scoop and Rain here on the SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. And, yep, you can check our mentals out and our chicken and our bread and our bodies. Q Sports Talk. There is, since we brought that up and we let you know, you know, Brent Axe will be on there later and on the radio with the Steely Dan tickets. But I just want to jump in and, and let everybody know there's a watch party tonight before we get any further with Devo and Tyler Lydon's back in town. Tyler Lydon was actually on with Axe the other day and Roosevelt Boys in studio. Give him the rest. Well, the tip off is at 7 p.m., but those guys will be on at 645. And, you know, you're going to get some laughs. You're going to chuckle. Might get the occasional Jim Beheim impersonation, which is always amusing to hear from the guys who know him so well, but uh, SU yeah. basketball legends, Roosevelt Bowie, Eric Devendorf, and Tyler Lydon, 6.45 p.m., twit.tv slash QSportsTalk. I, I can't stress to you enough, if you, if you don't know Devo, Eric Devendorf, just, he's an awesome guy, but even if you're a diehard fan and you bleed orange and you're like, I'm the biggest SU basketball fan, watch Devo watch a game and I'm telling you, he gets you so hyped up. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's a it's a great watch on our Twitch as, channel. As, as if you needed any more hype, you know, to get you wound up. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. So Elijah Hughes and Buddy Beheim, by the way, uh, we talked about this yesterday. You heard a little bit of our conversation with Jim Beheim, but they are the ACC's top three point shooting duo, and it's not close. They have combined to make 123s this season. Second place is Jordan Nuwara and Ryan McMahon. They're second with Louisville. They've made 84 threes as a duo. So not everybody has Eli Hughes and Buddy Beheim. Word to the ACC co-player of the week. Nobody has more three-point shots. Uh, nobody's made more three-point shots, I should say, than Buddy. Yeah, he's amazing. He's really having a great season. He's gotten so much better. I, I just I love that he just keeps his mouth shut. Does his work, and by the way, he is legendary for his work ethic. He has put in the time. He's earned where he is on the Syracuse basketball team. It's not just because, Dad, you still, to this day, see some clowns and trolls on social media saying crap like that. Jackson Thomas Bayheim can play basketball, and I love watching him shoot the three, man. And his game is rounding out. He's getting in the lane now. He's just adding more and more wrinkles to what he brings to the table all the time, and he's going to bring it in tonight in South Bend against Notre Dame. And we got points in the paint for Buddy and Elijah, uh, which was, you know, they kind of did that the first time around with Virginia Tech, but they really asserted themselves. They got more rebounds this time, and, you know, that worked out well for the Orange this time around. And hopefully they take some lessons from that first Notre Dame game and again, kind of flip a few things, try some little wrinkles, and we have the same end result, a win on the road. We're good on the road. There's some things popping out, though. The Irish, 9-2 and two at home this year. Close in record, though, overall, 11-6 and six for Notre Dame, 11-7 and seven for the Cuse. They're both just trying to string together some wins because they want to get into the tournament. The uh, Irish have lost to BC and Louisville. A few other things to pay attention to tonight in some of the pregame coverage 
Uh, they protect the ball, 9.8 turnovers per game, second best in the nation. They lead the nation in assist to turnover ratio, 1.80. 300 assists on the season, only 167 turnovers. And Scoop, they've committed the least amount of fouls per game with 12.1 in the nation. So good luck. Joe Girard in the last game didn't have a foul shot. He might not get another one tonight. Then again, who will, right? Going to be limited. Well, it was 88-87 last time. Boy, it's t- isn't it tough to lose a game by a point? Yeah, that was a heartbreaker. But they've been able to flip the script and, and win three straight now and, and beat Virginia Tech and beat Virginia after losing to them earlier in the season. So why not beat Notre Dame tonight? Why not win in Indiana? Why not? I think we win. Here's... Uh... Here's us. us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Look at us. We're Paul Rudd waiting for a win tonight. And that's from Hot Ones. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Great Lo- show. Love that show. And I love the sauces on that show. And I, I love the moments with athletes and rappers and celebrities. There's been some good ones. Who are some of your favorites? I know you're a diehard for Hot Ones. Uh, Kevin Love, real good. Joel Embiid. Dudes uh, are sweating on that, right? Charlize Theron. Sasha Banks was a Badass. She was putting down these super hot wings, not even flinching, not not even breaking a sweat. Was Shaq on that too? Shaq was on it, and uh, you know he got a, he got a little hot. He tried to act like it wasn't going to bother him, but he hung in there. We got Mike in studio with us here on the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio, ninety-seven point seven and one hundred point one on the ones and twos. You get a mic again. You're nodding your head about hot ones. Yeah, who's yeah, who's a couple of your show. favorites? Oh, I think some of my favorites have to be Anderson Pack. Um, Steve O had a really good episode on there. Joe, have you seen Hot Ones? Give him a mic too. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah, the only one that I have really seen is the Shaq one. Uh, I thought it was hysterical. And as you mentioned, he wasn't really reacting at first. And it kind of just flicked on like a light bulb where, oh, this is really hot. And that was, that was it was just like so funny day. to watch how Shaq's this big dude and nothing really stops him. And. Just some hot sauce got in his way. It was hysterical. Some extremely hot sauce. Joe's in studio, too. We got a lot of uh, new part-timers, interns, uh, actually new part-timers. I can't even say interns at this point in studio with us. So you have some homework tonight now, too. You've got to go watch the Paul Rudd episode and repeat back. You said I have five kids. There's never any time in my life. So I want some highlights from you. I'm totally kidding, by the way. <laughs> yeah. You, what's, I, what's your recommendation if we could pick one episode of Hot Ones for Joe to check out? Uh... I love the Joel Embiid episode. Okay. It's some bastard. Ma- it made me a fan of him. I like Joel Embiid. Uh, but gosh, there, there are so many. You know, there are so many good ones. Uh, what's his face? Uh, the rapper who says his name all the time. Uh, oh. Khalifa, or whatever his name Wiz is. Khalifa? Yeah. Wiz yeah. Khalifa? No, no, no. Uh, uh, no. DJ College. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he wimped out big time. I was about to say Lil Jean because that's all those, either one of those teams basically out. yell their name in their songs he, and somebody yeah, else performs. Yeah. DJ Khaled does that all the time. He's the Pretty worst. Savage. He's, he's like, he can't do a rap without shouting his name out. He's the worst. And funny, I couldn't remember his name. How ironic is that? It's because he stinks. You played yourself. You shouldn't have brought that up, but I do know his slogan. All right. Well, listen, I've got the audio and I just, I hope that nothing like this happens again in college basketball. Obviously not the Syracuse game. We absolutely don't want to see this Kansas K-State brawl. But if you hadn't heard the audio, I wanted to share a little bit. This is legit. I'm not about to bust out the WWE dubbed-in soundtrack, but... And that'll do it, this version. 
and a block to finish. And the Sosa blocks it, and now the bench is empty. Just unnecessary. That's not good. This is, this is bad. Oh, this is bad. This is a no. Oh, this is terrible. Punches thrown. Yeah. And this could have ramifications going forward for both teams. Gordon stole the ball, and the Sosa walks over him. But it's a dumb play, and then you'll see the punch is thrown, and DeSouza just goes Holyfield. And DeSouza picked up a chair, which is even more ludicrous. You just can't do it. This is an ultimate example of losing your cool. It's an ultimate example of absolutely what you do not want to see at a sporting event at all, Scoop. There was that dude in the black shirt who got in the middle of it, and then he was getting stomped on by players, and I'm like... Who is that guy? Is he almost like I was wondering? Is he there in some sort of official capacity? He's just like fight. Or, I'm jumping in. Or, yeah, because all of a sudden the, dude, the dude's in the middle of the whole thing. These were the coaches afterwards. Obviously, it's embarrassment. It's not something that you'd be proud of. It's a sign of immaturity and selfishness more so than it is toughness. So, you know, I, I don't see anything positive. You win with class, you lose with class. Disappointing that anything had to happen at the end. But I had told them not to press. I had told them back off. But, you know, the kids are young guys. They want to play hard. They were disappointed, frustrated. But at the same time, you know, you got to handle it right. So there you have it. We'll put that to bed for now. Larry Walker received his phone call to be inducted into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame in the greatest shirt you could ever possibly wear when that happens in your life. Obviously, it only happens to a very few. He's joined by Derek Sanderson Jita, number two Derek Jita, and one guy didn't vote for him. We'll talk about that next on the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Later today, it is the Verdict Ford and Verdict Toyota basketball pregame show. Seth Goldberg and Danny Shays prior to all SU basketball games all throughout the season. But today, before this Notre Dame, Notre Dame matchup, 6 to 645. Scoop, I have one more piece of audio in relation to the Kansas-K-State brawl because obviously that's been circulating everywhere. I just wanted to share it with everybody. Seth Greenberg not our Seth Goldberg that I hashtag Seth Greenberg, but the actual <laughs> Seth Greenberg. Uh, Kansas's Silvio D'Souza with the chair being banned and all of that. This is actually what he had to say. It's great, little, little great tidbit on that. This does not belong in our game. If that picture and what it looks like as David kicking someone on the ground, a defenseless person, right, that's egregious. It's unacceptable. It's reprehensible. The whole situation needs to be addressed. David and his actions, if it is true that he is actually kicking a defenseless person on the floor, then you know what? He needs to have a severe punishment. And to me, I don't care what other analysts might say. That's something that basically should eliminate you for the season. I I think this is the last thing I'll say about this. We'll move on, but and I even tweeted about this last night. Do, do you have to look at it perhaps maybe saying you're not in the tournament this year? It's just not happening. You you just no longer have that option. Something's got to give. I mean that was ridiculous. I mean it went from bad to worse to worse. I think you have to look at the video, scrutinize it. Which, and, they're, which they're doing, I'm sure. And individually punish uh, the most egregious behavior. I don't know about kicking somebody out of the tournament, though, because 
there were kids there that were trying to hold other guys back. There were coaches there that were trying to hold other guys back. So they weren't all participating entirely in this. Obviously, it's a bad look. But I think probably banning a team from the tournament might be a little much. But I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, I think they've got to investigate it, look and see what they find, because there's a zillion different cell phone uh, angles now that are online. Let them let them watch it and let them think about it. Mull it over, ruminate on it. A little well, bit. I think I think about the resolution that happened in Los Angeles, where they're like, you just have to strip and vacate the World Series titles two years in a row, 2017, 2018, and you've got to get to the Dodgers and cooler heads prevail. And you go, I don't know if we can go to that extreme. I get it, but I don't think we can actually do that. That might be a little bit too far fetched. Speaking of baseball, let's go. Derek Jeter, Larry Walker, both voted in. I think they were close, but they didn't make it. Talking about guys like Clemens and Bonds, we want to break a little bit of this down. Let's start with Larry Walker. First of all, the SpongeBob shirt, which is fantastic. Um, he played for the Utica Blue Sox at one point. Ken Brett, George Brett's brother, was his manager. I remember going to those games as a, as a little rain boy. Uh, but he deserves to be in there. But he's a character, man. And there's been a lot of fun stuff since the announcement at 6 o'clock yesterday, aside from when they called him and he had that SpongeBob shirt on. But more on that story, I think Syracuse.com published it, and they recollected the memory of him walking across the mound or something in his, in, in that season. Yeah, it was like a, a base running gaff, and he needed to go back to first. And instead of going back and touching second again, he ran right across the pitcher's mound back to first. <laughs> I think A-Rod did that to somebody and they got mad in a game. It's you kind of games. It's gamesmanship. It's it's one up in somebody. I don't think with Larry Walker is well, intentional in that situation. Look, baseball players got to lighten up with regards to some of that stuff because it's it's silly. It but certainly okay, is. I get it. I get it. Buster Olney, of course, you see him baseball tonight all over your coverage if you're a fan. He was talking about, as I brought up, Clemens Bond, guys in the steroid era. Here's a little bit about what he had to say. I've watched the voting trends on these guys in the last couple of years. They are not moving. Uh, Roger Clemens yesterday, 61%. Barry Bond, 60.7%. It's like a Mount Everest for them to overcome to get those last 15% to actually be voted in. I think it's pretty clear that there's a core 35 to 40 percent of voters who are saying we are not letting these guys in at any point. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. I think they have to at some point, And we talked about this yesterday, deal with and acknowledge that era within the game. A few other fun things that I saw. Larry Walker on going into the hall alongside Derek Jeter said, and I quote, Remember the old 45s we used to listen to and they had the song on the A side and the other song on the B side you really didn't know about? I'm the B side. That's an interesting way to frame yourself. He received 76% of the vote, final year of eligibility. How about that? Seventh player to be elected to the Hall in their final year. The third, however, in the last three years, he had a 22% increase from last year when he was at 54.6%. But... I guess maybe not as much competition this year. Then he shot over the threshold that he needed to, to gain his induction into Cooperstown. I mean, that's just a fantastic story. And it's not a lot of Canadians well, in yeah, the hall. There's two. There's Ferguson Jenkins yeah. and him now. So he's the second. And This is a nation behind you. You are in rarefied air in these circumstances. But think about what Cooperstown is going to be like 
July 26th, Ooh. that whole weekend, the 24th through the 27th. I think I saw uh, somebody tweet earlier today that the Airbnbs are, like, through the roof down there. And, and very often... People will stay. Thousands, thousands. People will stay in Syracuse, Utica, Oneonta, they, Albany, and then travel to Cooperstown. Scoop, they had over 80,000 for Mariano last year. Uh, they're expecting closer to 100,000 with Derek Jeter. He's arguably the most popular living Yankee at this point. I mean, one of the most popular ever. Played the game right. Beloved. You saw all the social media love that he received from not just former teammates, but just former peers and Major League Baseball, not just players, coaches, executives, on and on and on and on. He's beloved within the game, and they always just say he did it the right way. Even how he dealt with the media. Jim Leyritz, former teammate, was on Freddie and Fitzsimmons talking about how he handled them. He never gave the media too much mm-hmm. and understood how to handle that. And, and really, himself, I think the most importantly was he understood that the media was going to be his maybe his worst enemy, and he had to know how to handle that. And he did such a good job with it. You know, people always said, Derek just gives us a stale answer. It's like the, the, the company line. And he understood that. Imagine the discipline, though, to never waver in 20 years, even with the stuff that they say about you that's negative and the microscope you're under in New York. Star sh- shortstop for the New York Yankees is a pretty visible and prominent job to have. Was top three for most valuable player three times, but didn't get it. But most valuable player in the World Series that year that it was Yankees-Mets. He was clutch when he needed to be clutch. There's so many memorable moments. And the narrative that he was a bad defensive player, you know what? There's obviously you can visibly see, and then there's analytics that you can look at. But then you also look at the fact, whether you like it or not, he's got five gold gloves. So he was doing something right. He made the plays when he needed to make the plays. Sometimes he was he was so smart, he was positioned in the right way because he did his homework before a game and things like that. And then there's always jokes about, with Michael K, pasta diving Jeter. You'd hear that, you know, talking about pasta all the time. I mean, come on. He's got five gold gloves. Guess what? I don't, you don't. Add that to a 310 average. The consistency in the playoffs. He played the equivalent of a full season just in the playoffs. His numbers were actually a little bit better in the postseason than the extraordinary numbers he had over 20 years in the regular season. I think they get more than 100,000 in Cooperstown for that easily and very well could have their biggest baseball Hall of Fame weekend ever. I mean, if you live around here, you're going to try and get down there. Uh, or maybe get a room somewhere uh, within 50 miles. You know, I mean, it's crazy. People are getting their plans together now if they haven't done it six months ago. Scoop and Rain here on the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. You can watch the fun Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. They were 500, the Yankees, 511 games over 500 in games that Derek played a record of 1,628 wins to 1,117 losses. He's a second-position player in Major League Baseball history to be at least 500 games above. That's amazing if you think about it. Do you know who the other one was? Uh, No. Lou Gehrig. Okay. 501 games above. That's ridiculous. That's a more rarefied error. And, of course, who's Lou Gehrig? He's the player he passed on the all-time Yankees hits list to then go on to 3,400-plus hits. It's amazing, and it's mind-boggling 
that one guy didn't vote for him. Once again, here's Buster Olney. I can't imagine a reason why you wouldn't put him on the ballot. Not only is he eminently qualified in terms of his playing career, uh, he there wasn't a whiff of scandal around him. He never showed up in any report or anything. And we're now kind of moved past that time when there's a logjam on the ballot because guys like Mark McGuire have cycled through. Guys like Sammy Sosa have cycled through. It's not hard to find a spot for any particular player on the ballot in 2020. And that's why I was perplexed when one voter decided he wasn't going to put his name on the ballot or she wasn't going to put his name on the ballot. Tim, I don't get it. Good for the one clown that gets, I guess, to have that on their resume for the rest of their life. What a joke. It's got to be a Red Sox uh, without fan. Without a it doubt. It has to be a Red Sox fan. I was just kind of surprised. I didn't know the number of voters. I guess it's 379. Mm-hmm. It doesn't strike me as a whole lot of votes. No, there's a very few baseball writers get the the privilege of placing a vote for all-time iconic greats that are immortalized. Why do these... I'm just going to say it. Why do these tight sphinctered guys hold a stranglehold, a chokehold on the voting for this? Yeah. Can we maybe consider some other options? Listen, I'm a diehard Yankees fan. I'm voting for David Ortiz. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like there's just guys you go, this is, this is, this is nothing to do with the rivalry. You got to let that go and look at the body of work. Barry Bonds, Clemens, they got to be in there. Yeah, Pete Rose too, Brent X. That's right. I heard your excuses again and whatever for it, your reasons. It, it, I got to sleep in my bed because of what I did. What he did on the field should be honored. Well, look, there's guys in the hall that are horrible human beings. Ty Cobb, for crying out loud. I mean, I don't even want to tell the stories. They're that awful. Okay? But look, at some point, you got to tell the story. And why not? as the Baseball Hall of Fame, use that as a teachable moment With about it. steroids and gambling. You know, it's it's a part of your history. You can try to pretend it didn't happen, but it did. It absolutely did. And you know what else happened as we wrap up our segment, get to our break? New manager for the New York Mets. The fallout of the cheating scandal is just in its infancy still. There's still a lot more to deal with as far as that's concerned. Uh, there's some teams that need managers, the Red Sox and the Astros being two of them, but then the Mets, that third Luis Rojas, two-year deal. Mets, you have a new manager. Did I see somebody tweet a picture from the Baseball Hall of Fame that was like the display of the Astros World Championship, and there just so happened to be like a trash can yes. next to the display? Yes. And it was like, that is just perfect. In Cooperstown, next to the Astros display, there is currently a <laughs> refuse receptacle right next That's to it. That's perfect. <laughs> Whoever... Sh- Took that picture. Kudos to you. That is amazing. Even if somebody moved it over there strategically yes. just to snap the look, picture. Look, I, I I got a huge laugh out of that. I give you that one. Sports Illustrated returns in just a second. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportszilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Lane and Scoop. So Jordan's going to take your call on the phones if you'd like. The Burdick Toyota guest line. Is 437-7644, 437-7644. Call in on the Burdick Toyota guest line. And if you're caller number five, well, we got a day after the big game office party for you from Dunkin' Donuts. If you do that, you're registered to win coffee, bagels, and donuts. They'll be delivered by some of your favorite ESPN Syracuse hosts. Your office will run on Dunkin', and that is obviously brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts and ESPN Radio Syracuse. 
Scoop, what is up with Gritty? I love Gritty, the best mascot, man, for the or for the Philadelphia Flyers. But now, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a little Actually, bit of trouble for Gritty. As, as Jordan said to us uh, during the commercial break, a little bit of a heel turn here. This is bad news. Well, yeah, we'll see what we really those. we'll see what really comes out because you know there's multiple sides to every story. But Gritty beloved, and they have him doing these crazy physical things, swinging on ropes. You never know what he's going to do. It's very entertaining, but there is an allegation uh, that he punched. A 13-year-old boy at a fan event. Chris Greenwell is the dad. He says uh, his son Brandon had a photo taken with Gritty at an event for season ticket holders, after which the mascot hit Brandon in the back. Now, as the story goes, Brandon, the kid, is playfully patting Gritty on the head after a, a photo was taken. As Brandon, the kid, is walking away, it's alleged by Dad that Gritty got out of his chair, quote, took a running start and punched my son as hard as he could. So after that, he reaches out to the team and he's like, hey, dude, like, what's going on? Why did you let your mascot do this to my son? The uh, response was as follows. This is such corporate speak, and I love how, how they do this. I have investigated your allegations and cannot identify anyone who witnessed the incident as you described it. It is unfortunate that you and your son had a bad experience at our gritty photo event. Therefore, we are offering an opportunity to discuss a creative way to restore your son's love of the Philadelphia Flyers. And gritty, of course. Here, here's my take on this real quick. So I have, as you know, a four-year-old son. We call him the dude. And he thinks he's a police officer. He has an outfit and everything, and he arrests everybody that comes to my house, writes tickets, threatens to throw you in jail. You've been to my house numerous times, Scoop. Verify this. This is true. If this was me with my son and Gritty, and that happened, you realize my son would have arrested Gritty himself and or probably punched him in the face. That's just how he would have handled it. I think a lot of dads might have just punched Gritty in the face, especially... I'm thinking that, too. Especially... A lot of Philadelphia dads. Yeah. I, I've spent some time there. There's yeah, me too. certain edginess to the town. There's a bit of a tood in Philadelphia. But uh, dad here in this case was not happy with the response he got from the team. So he filed a, a police report and uh, charges of uh, physical assault now have to be answered on the part of Gritty, which has me in, in, you know, I'm almost going to this law and order place in my head where there's a courtroom scene and, you know, Gritty is sitting there in the little defendant box dun, dun. being questioned, nodding yes and no, and maybe tackling the judge. Well, Who knows? You know, I mean, anything could happen with Gritty. Don't we all want to know what Gritty sounds like now? So we don't bury the lead, of course, on the SportsZilla Show ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1 Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. Well... Uh, the Super Bowl is a couple weeks away, so there's two weeks of hype, and just you got to find something to talk about with this game up until really a couple days before. Because other than that, you're just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. So you hear, you just hear a lot more stories, and there's a lot more hype. And there's prop bets, which is one of my favorite things. And we've got a few that we want to go over with, but I do have one serious 
piece to report on, a piece of audio in relation to the game. As you know, you are thinking 49ers, Scoop, okay? Yes. They are not the favorite. The Chiefs are the slight favorite if you look at the spread. As it stands right now. It's like one point, isn't it? Yeah. As it stands right now, there's a lot of other people starting to creep out that are saying they're starting to feel like this is the Chiefs' year. But Joe Buck, who some people love and others absolutely hate, there is no in-between with Joe Buck. However, he's very impressed with Pat Mahomes on and off the field, and I wanted to share this with everybody. It's another Joe Buck man crush. So here, what's going on here? Here you go. I just don't think he's intimidated by any situation uh, to step in and, and do what he did last year. Uh, he's the reigning MVP. Getting a chance to meet him and then being around their PR staff, and he's kind of unreal, not just what he's like on the field, but the kind of person he is. And, and he's just taken over that city by stuff that he does away from the spotlight, whether it's hospital visits or talking to kids and not always needing a camera to be there and, and just being a good person. And I, I think there's something to be said about growing up around professional sports like he did. And, and I know that his dad was a, a Major League Baseball pitcher. He was kind of around a life as a little, little boy. And and I think some of that stuff just gets in there. But I also believe that there's a God-given talent there that you just don't find with many. To watch him play the way he plays, it's kind of breathtaking. They're wondering, as far as some of these prop bets, one of them involving Joe Buck, uh, that's why I... Really, Joe and Patrick ought to get a room. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, will they say Patriots during the Super Bowl? Because they're obviously in quite a few of them. No was the odds-on favorite answer, 5 to 14 on 74%. There's some other great ones, too. I mean, the what color liquid will be poured on the game-winning coach. What are a couple of your other favors, favorites that jumped out at you? Because they always tweak them year by year. Will 98-year-old Betty White be in a Snickers commercial? You're the Golden Girls fan. Hey! You know, that's going to be uh, a pop. She just had a birthday. You know what? I'm not a fan, necessarily. Okay, maybe I misrepresented that. But... Maybe a little bit. I like the Golden Girls. Well, Mr. <laughs> Peanuts Monocle come off his eye in a planter's ad. The controversial national anthem protests seem to be fading out, so now we can move on to more important debates like this prop bet. What color will Demi Lovato's microphone be during the national anthem? I mean, it's amazing the variety of different things that you can bet on. we got to cover these See, more of these over the next couple of weeks. Now, I, I know you can bet on the game at Turning Stone, but I'm wondering if you can bet on any of these sort of prop bets, if those are available at Turning Stone. Just make a friendly wager with a friend for a case of beer well, or something like totally that. That's totally what's going to happen when you're sitting around your TV at home. It's going to be a bet about what color the Gatorade is at the end of the game. We're going to remind you about a milestone for Carmelo Anthony and Zion returns tonight. All next, Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97. And 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Hoops tonight. It's SU at Notre Dame. Join Seth Everett following the game for a special Twitch-only postgame on twitch.tv slash QSports. You'll also get to hear Coach Beheim's postgame press conference. And Roosevelt, Devo, and Tyler Lydon in studio starting at 645 for the watch party right on the Twitch channel. And by the way, if you don't catch the SportsZilla show now when it's on from 3 to 4, but you want to go watch another time, it's up there. It's basically on demand. Got an Amazon Prime account. You can subscribe to Sports Talk, and we will all, we will all take your bits. All right, that being said... Zion is returning tonight to the Pelicans. Finally, the debut of Zion Williamson, the number one overall pick. We saw him for a year with Duke. 
tips off 9.30 tonight against the Spurs. Brian Windhorst on the expectations for Zion. I would say no back-to-backs out of the gate, probably. In talking to people in New Orleans, they want to play him in short four- or five-minute bursts. So I think you'll see him play a little piece of each quarter, and it'll add up to 15 to 20 minutes. I don't think you're going to see him out there for huge stretches. I don't think you're going to see him put up a massive stat line coming out of the gate like LeBron did. But I am expecting, if he's healthy, and I'm sure he is, some explosive play right out of the gates. Give him a couple weeks to get his legs under him. You'll see those minutes increase. What's up with Mello, though? Uh, hit a milestone on Friday night. I think we mentioned it briefly in passing the other day, but just wanted to mention it again because we're always supporting what Mello is doing with the Blazers. 26,000 points Mello passed. You know, he's averaging, I don't know what the official number is, but it seems like he's getting 14, 15, 16, 17 every night. He's doing exactly what they signed him to do at this point in his career. You know, when uh, Damian Lillard had that 61 points we talked about, and 10 threes, first ever NBA player to do that, Melo quietly had 14, you know, because the guy getting 61 points is going to get all the attention. You know, he's at 26,000. He's 18th on the all-time list. Uh, for example, Dominique Wilkins is at 13th with 26,668. And I'm not saying this year, but if, if he plays another year or so after this, he's going to creep up on that and get much closer to the top 10 all-time in scoring. First battle Hall of Famer, stop the Melo hate. That's all. I'll move on. The Lakers are 0-5 against the Clippers, Bucks, Raptors, and Celtics this season. That is an interesting stat, something to pay attention to. I wouldn't worry about it in the postseason because this is just the regular season. But even so, when that number keeps growing on the right side on the loss column, it makes you pay attention a little bit more. One last thing, David Stern. You heard about his memorial that happened yesterday, and it was a who's who. This is the biggest names in, in the NBA out and about past and present, really from the past, a lot of his peers, but they just went out, paid tribute to a man who is responsible for the current state and success of the NBA. An amazing legacy. You know, we have the memory of that 92 dream team, which is just all that talent assembled on one team, just jaw dropping. You see some of the, let me share with you some of the name scoop that were at his memorial service. And some of some of them were speakers, obviously, and and you know said some some words about uh, David Stern. Adam Silver, of course, obviously opened things up. But then you had like Pat Riley, Wynton Marcellus. If if you're a jazz fan, he was there. Magic Johnson, Bill Russell, Kareem, Yao Ming, Dirk Nowitzki, Dikembe Mutombo, and on and on and on. It just they get it. David Stern was. I mean, anybody will tell you that, that's an NBA fan. He was instrumental in building the league to where it is now and the success. It was not what it is today, going back even to the 80s. I mean, they would tape delay the the NBA Finals. Could you imagine that now? I can't even comprehend that. Well, that and so many other things and improvements in the league, uh, also the money they're making, David Stern is the reason for that. The TV deals, the exposure, the global exposure, of the NBA, direct result of David Stern's work. It was sad to see him go. It was nice to see a lot of people pay tribute. Uh, we got to bounce out of here. We got you, Brent Axe, on the block. Just a couple minutes. Don't forget, he's got some Steely Dan tickets if you're interested. The Sportzilla Show back in tomorrow at 3 o'clock, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1.